0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been listening. This is part two of a series that we're doing on dating. If you didn't listen to Wisdom for Dating, go back and listen to that one. And um, so basically, uh, just a little recap is we interview couples. Uh, My husband interviewed some couples and I asked a couple people, what, what were some things, um, some married couples, what were some things that you would have changed about your dating relationship? What were some do's and what were some don'ts? Um, just to get um, a little gauge on it, because we know for, for, from our experience that there's some things that, um, you know, if we could go back and change, we would change. Or, you know, we had some things that were like, man, we're so grateful we did this this way. So um, we just wanted to share that wisdom with you because it was really helpful for us while we were dating to ask married couples or to get advice from married couples on um, on do's and don'ts and uh, things that they would give us advice on. you know uh, there's people that have been married for there was some, there was a couple that's been married for over 40 years that actually spoke to our lives when we into our lives when we were um, doing the marriage counseling. and we're so grateful for that wisdom. So it's always good to, to be seeking after some wisdom from people that have been there and done that and they did it right. And they've learned some things along the way.
1: One of the the biggest things um, I think it's important to realize is like when you make a decision to go into a relationship, if you don't have the boundaries already set up, to think that you're going to figure out the boundaries on the fly isn't going to happen. The way you'll figure out the boundaries within relationships is by overstepping them. And that's not the right way to do it. You want to honor the Lord in your dating. And so if you go in and say, hey, these are our list of things that we're going to do and not do. And I would say even tend on the more strict side. I remember um, there's been times where it's like, I looked at the way I was doing things. One of the things that Chris and I decided and, and some of the other couples that we talked to is said, hey, we're never going to be in the same house alone. We're never going to be together alone in a in a house. We'd never. I would never go, if we were there and there were roommates there, whatever, we would never go into a bedroom alone, right? To allow ourselves, even just to avoid the appearance of evil, but to set a standard that says we're above reproach. The awesome thing about dating is it's for a short time. You really shouldn't be in uh, two-year, three-year, four-year dating relationships. Dating is supposed to see if you're compatible. I think there's some wisdom in, hey, don't date them for just a month and then get engaged and then get married unless you like very clearly hear from the Lord and everyone who's above you, your pastors, your mentors, they're all saying, hey, this is awesome. This is it. Go for it. Um... But you get yourself into trouble. You just make it where you're having to exercise self-control when you're like having a three-year relationship. Well, we dated for a year and a half. We're gonna get married. We got engaged. Now we're gonna get married in another year and a half. Like you're asking for trouble because you have to exercise self-control. Um, so unless you're a person with just no sex drive at all, like there's, you're gonna, you're gonna just by virtue of how long it is, you're gonna be in a place of temptation. But setting up the boundaries beforehand to say, hey, these are the things we are going to do, we're not going to do. You would rather be more strict. You know, for for Chris and I, we look back and we say, man, we, you know, we kissed before we're married. We never made out, but we kissed. But almost looking back, it would have been easier not to, as it got closer to the wedding, we just decided the last, I don't know what it was, six weeks or two weeks or four weeks or whatever. We just said, hey, we're not even, we're not even going there. We're not even going to kiss because it, it was like the pressure builds, especially when you're um, when you're engaged, it's like you, in your heart, are committed to that person. You're making steps. So in your heart, obviously you're not, you're not married yet, but in your heart, you're, you're, you've decided, Hey, this is the one for me. So it's that, that dating time, that engagement time, man, if you have a year, year and a half engagement, unless it's just for other reasons, like, Hey, you know, I, I don't know, extra reasons other than just deci- a choice to do it you're putting yourself in a difficult place, a place where temptation may become too much. So uh, making those decisions, we had uh, people who said, hey, I wish we had clear defined lines. There was no one who said, man, I think our boundaries were too strict. Funny how that works. But um, kind of diving into some of what the other people said, um, one of them that I thought was really good, they just made a decision that they weren't gonna watch romantic movies together. They weren't gonna watch chick flicks at all, even together or apart because he, he, he said, I wanted to go in, we wanted to go in with clear heads you know, those movies that amplify, it's the same thing with certain music. Like if you're, if you're spending time alone with them, you're probably turning on music, music alone with someone leads to making out leads to other stuff. Like music does that. You can go into a store and hear a music and you can be in the middle of a like place trying on clothes and there's music that gets you in a certain mood, you know? So, so watching those things that don't amplify, uh, Uh, that don't amplify a romantic mood.
0: Yeah, just not giving any place to, you know, to the devil for temptation. You know, the Bible says that you're supposed to flee from temptation. Anything that looks like, anything that sounds like, anything. And and most of the time, um, secular music and movies, everything is pointing towards a super over-sexualized, You know, content. That's just the world that we live in right now. And so, um, and I did a whole podcast on that called "Pure Power." But the the fact is that whatever's in front of your eyes the most is what's going to become the reality of what's in your life. And so, if you're like sitting at home watching all these movies, even if you guys aren't together, you're apart. Whatever, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But that's what's in front of your eyes. That's going to become the desire of your heart. And purity in your relationship starts in your heart because if you already have plans somewhere inside. That you know, it's okay if we go this far and then just not really that, that all the way or whatever. If you're already planning that, that's impurity in your heart, and you need to deal with it before. Because, and you know, I think it's uh, is it a what is it? A ten, is it one of the Ten Commandments? It's like, if you lust.
1: Well, that was Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was okay, Jesus so talking. But, yeah. He kind of upped the ante from the Ten Commandments. It was okay. like, if you look, if you've lust after a woman in your heart, you've already committed adultery.
0: Right. So, I mean, so so those, it's because it's, it's the things that we do uh, are, you know, we, we have to meditate on something before we do it. You don't just like run out of your, it's not like you go from serving God, reading your Bible every morning to like, to the next day you're smoking crack and, and, you know, whatever, you know, there's a, there's a progression of things. You would have dwelled on something for quite a while. There would have been like a slow fade into it. And that's why we're talking about this and making it so serious is like, you don't even want to go down that, that road. Don't even get close to it. You know, so many people, they want to say that this is legalistic, what we're saying that, you know, it's just, you know, you just really need to follow what the Lord you know that's fine that you guys did that but like this is just the path that we're on you know I don't believe that there's a different path of purity for you or for me I believe that there's one path of purity I believe that it's a very narrow way and I think that um, just like salvation there's a lot of people that that are are not going to find it because they're not trying to find it or they're trying to be so so um, close but kind of so far at the same time they don't want to truly submit themselves to a pure uh, lifestyle and it'll start now out. Like, if you're a single person and you have a problem with having a pure lifestyle in your music, in what you watch on TV, do, please do yourself a favor and don't get into a relationship because you're gonna have a problem with setting up boundaries in your relationship. You won't want to have the boundaries because you already don't want to have them now as a single person.
1: Yeah. One of the other things that we heard from two of the couples, and they said that they were very glad they had. Um, they had godly counsel. They were very submitted to authority. They would go to people, their pastors, and say, "Hey." They had a, uh, uh, two of them had close relationships with their um, the their pastors and said, "Hey, this is you know what we what we've been up to. This is what I like about her. This is where I'm going." And both of them said before they proposed, they went to their pastor and they said. Um, Am I ready for this? Do you feel a green light about this situation? Do you Do you have any reservations? I'm submitted, and for some of you out there, that's a crazy thought. What do you mean, my pastor is not going to tell me? He's going to tell me it may not be time to propose. But that's what God gives you counsel for. It's like your parent. If you're 12 years old and you're like, um, I think I want to go in the swimming pool, and. And he's like, no, you're not going in the swimming pool. He's like, but dad, I want to go in the swimming pool. Like it's a thunderstorm out there and lightning. You're not going in the, in the freaking swimming pool. Like that's the spiritual authority is there for. And obviously we've talked about that, but, but to be willing where if you, if they, you may have the ring in your pocket and you're like, I'm ready for this. I've even heard from the Lord. You know, I've heard people say, I've heard people who are spiritual people in their younger years come to me. People that love the Lord, had a relationship with the Lord came to me and were like, I really believe this is the one for me. And a year later, they've dumped them. they're not with them, and they're engaged to somebody else. I've had them come to me and be like, man, life is so good. When you're, when you're with the right person, you know, God is so good. He's given me this person. And a year later, they're not with that person. They're with somebody else. Well, what, what happened? Did, did God speak and you disobeyed or did you not hear the Lord? You were just excited.
0: Or is God schizophrenic and he just keeps changing just his changed. mind.
1: Oh, I just wanted to see if you trust me and i dumper. <laughs> you know, it's like people get excited. A lot of times what I see is people who say, I feel the peace on it when they're just excited about something. I feel the peace on it. I feel the peace on it. I got into a relationship. I started a relationship back in the day because I was like, well, I don't feel any reservations. Well, it doesn't mean I need to be trying to date someone who lives in a different state, you know, who doesn't go to the same church as me. I was just stupid. And so, so looking at it the right way and being submitted. So the godly authority, one of them also said we, I was, he said he was very glad that they kept it friendly. He said he didn't get, he said, I didn't get romantic before the wedding, which is crazy because now you look at people who are like 18 and 19 year old and it's only romance. And it's like, guys, the reality is, is you're married for 60 years to, to f- the feeling that you have of being in love, that feeling where you're like, man, I'll drive three hours right now to go spend 30 minutes with her. That goes away. That's not actually what love is. Now, uh, uh, love can be cultivated, but you won't have that feeling forever. Unless I've done something very, very wrong, right? No, and I think
0: what it is is I think people... they think that they're in love, but they're just in like an infatuated state. And so that's why you're willing to, you know, and and it's obviously at the beginnings so of probably what is love, but I want to, I think that, and, and people may think I'm kind of crazy for saying this, but I actually don't think you have to be in love with somebody to be married, to, to get married to them. I think that love can develop over time. And I actually think if you're abstaining from um, like the romantic side of your relationship, there is a there is a part of the love that you don't know yet that you should not know yet. Um, so that, that if you've already if you're already experiencing that like uh, you know, quote unquote, romance before marriage, you're kind of stealing something that you really shouldn't have tasted yet and and so you can't get that back. So yeah. there's something that's very you know, uh you just want you just want to preserve that for marriage.
1: people think, and that's why they say, oh, I'm just so in love with this person, but but love, in its truest sense, is what God did for us. We were terrible, we were ugly, we were hateful, and he sent Jesus to die. Love isn't like. Man, I've I've got this crush on this person. Those feelings, those are the feelings of love. Those are the feelings, and that's a portion of it. But love is a commitment to their good. You know, I joke and I say you're willing to drive an hour to go spend 30 minutes, but then you get married, your wife's like, "Can you turn down the AC for me?" And you're like, "You're closer, right?" And it's eight feet away, and that's the reality of love becomes a discipline to put them first, to prefer them. Hey, where do you want to go to? Uh, where do you want to go to dinner? I'll let you choose. I'm not having my way. Yes, I feel like barbecue, but if you want a salad, we're going where you want to go. And so it's this decision. And so that's why that feeling, um, he said he was very glad that they kept it friendly because they were able to have a clear head. The moment things get romantic, the moment your head becomes unclear. And that's where you need counsel the most because you're not seeing things clearly. There's people who are like, terrible people and someone's like head over the heels in love with them and all the counsel is like no 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 this is literally going to ruin your life but all they see is all the good things and then when they finally do get out of the relationship they're like why did no one just beat me up that was such she was such a terrible human being like how was i even with her like but it's because, you, because of those feelings of romance. So keep it friendly. Keep it lighthearted. He did say he, he wished he was more gentle. He said more gentlemanly in that he pursued her more, like more flowers, more cards, more notes, more of the cute stuff that's not like full on heavy romance. And I would even recommend for, for one of the things that I endeavored to do as we could is, is do morning dates, Morning, there's no, I mean, if you have a choice between a 9 a.m. date and a 7 p.m. date, choose the 9 a.m. because you can keep it lighthearted. You can keep it fun. It's, the, it's the, the 11, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. hours that can get you in trouble. My mom always said nothing good happens after 10, 10 p.m., and she's pretty much right.
0: Just a fun little side note. Uh, one of our first dates, Ryan took me to a fair, and but it was at 4 p.m. when the fair opened and there was no one there, and... What he did not know about me is that I don't really like fairs.
1: (laughs) That's a nice way of saying it. It was a terrible day. (laughs) It was
0: was like we were done 20 minutes later because... I mean, it was four o'clock, and we were at a fair. On it wasn't a like the Florida
1: State Fairground either. It was, it was like at this Catholic church on State Road sixty. Yeah.
0: It was like <laughs> a, tiny, fair. a tiny fair. Like Someone a, had
1: convince me that girls just want to have fun, but apparently fairs aren't fun. Well,
0: it's like do you want to ride? Do you want to ride these sketchy rides, or do you want to go pay to throw a dart at a balloon and hand money to a sketchy person? Which would you prefer? Um, so we. And this so guy we smells did that. like beef and cheese. Um, so, yeah, so we did that, and then we kind of. I remember like thinking you were kind of panicking because you didn't know what to do with me after like the fair was like the I dropped off at
1: the bus stop. <laughs> no I'm kidding. <laughs> the,
0: play, the fair was like the whole plan. And then it was like, okay, what do we do now? And then I had heard about a coffee shop that had just opened and so we went to a coffee. He's like, oh yeah, a coffee shop, okay, let's go. <laughs> like something to do. I don't know what to do with this with this girl. But anyway.
1: I think we ended up going to, like, five different things in that same day. No, that was a different day. That but a, that day
0: we just went to coffee shop. run out of things to one do, coffee shop. You
1: just go somewhere else. But we would,
0: well, that's the thing. We would start a date usually very early in the day. And then we would just, like, you know, go places. Kind of like we just did errands t- together. But, um, I mean, we did fun stuff, too. We went to Disney. We did, we did, we had really fun dates. But everything, that you know, we were always very, like, conscious and and accountable with like time. And then even where we were, I mean, we would sit outside um, on our front porch now where we live on this bench for literally hours waiting for a roommate to get back at the house. And so, you know, we just weren't going in the house together. Like that just was not going to happen. That was something that, you know, he had come up with that rule and let me know about it. It wasn't even like something we like decided together. he had already had this plan in place and that was something I could really respect about him is that he wasn't looking he wasn't looking for shortcuts he wasn't looking for a way around the rules because that would be something to me that would tell me he doesn't have the kind of character integrity that I need in someone that I'm gonna marry you know I'm gonna link up the rest of my life to so um,
1: the one thing that really kept me going and we'll wrap up with this today but the thing that kept uh, kept me going was that I knew that on my wedding day whenever that came and whoever that was with I knew that on my wedding day the vows that I was going to make, where I was making them to three people. I was making them to my wife. I was making them to my friends and family. And I was making them to God. That it wasn't just, I wasn't speaking to my wife. I was speaking to my wife, my friends and family, and I was standing before the Lord. And I had this image in my head of like, the Lord was going to give me a report card for purity, for how I dated, for how I treated his daughter um, through my dating time. I spoke to my brother the other day, and he said, man outside of my wedding he said Ryan your wedding was my favorite he said cuz the presence of god was so strong he said and someone had actually said it to us like a week before they're like oh, it was my favorite wedding the presence of the lord is so so strong and he just said it was like it's like you could tell god was happy and that he approved of you guys so he was like i'm going to go to that wedding cuz they did it right and so that's really what happens and that was what i looked at and i knew in my heart I'm, i mean i was 30 when i got married it wasn't going to be a four year relationship like it was going to it was going to we we're going to get there quicker but it was just a decision that i knew god Uh, I didn't want to, I wanted to please the Lord. I didn't want to sin against God. And so these things, these boundaries I'm making, it was for our future. It created a trust. And then it was um, uh, also something that I knew God would be happy with. And so it comes down to your heart. Lord, I just want to please you. I don't want to do anything that doesn't please you. No matter what I'm doing, I want it to please you. So that's our wisdom for dating.
0: Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't already. Send this to somebody who needs a little more wisdom for dating. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.